coming up in this week's episode. Um, like the car insurance people or something. Oh, yeah. And their music is like, it's like really boring classical music. Like I love classical, but not to sit for 45 minutes yeah. and wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll like start hoovering, mopping. I'll go out, out to the garden and do a bit of whatever I need to do out there. Like I'll do as much as I can. to the student show the podcast for students by students i'm your host holly and today we'll be talking about music in this episode i'm joined by orrin fox a phd human geography researcher and a member of Coleraine's traditional music society orrin would you like to tell us a bit about yourself yeah so my name's orrin i'm a phd researcher based on the uh, Coleraine campus of Oslo university um i'm really interested in international student mobilities and themes within human geography um, so within my research, I'm quite interested with um, themes of migration, intolerance, and a few other sort of sociological aspects of the discipline. Um, I play the f- fiddle, so I'm quite big into Irish traditional music. Um, I think it's an absolutely brilliant instrument. The music seems absolutely fantastic. And sort of that's really my one big hobby that sort of encompasses my entire life. When did you get into music? Um, I got into music when I was around maybe eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really understand where the love of music come from because my parents don't really play. But from as long as I can remember, I just always wanted to play the violin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to just primary school, sitting the exams for classical music, and I actually failed the music exam in P five. Um, and I was absolutely devastated. So that's how I ended up getting into um, Irish music because it didn't have the same entry requirements Uh and just from there that's just how I got into it I started with a cultist group and found out I actually wasn't that bad Um, and then from there it really was just groups then private lessons grades and just one thing sort of led to another and then now I'm sort of um, a bit more accomplished and I'm able to play it by myself. Oh fantastic so it kind of just led from one thing to another. Yeah. So, is there anything about you that listeners wouldn't know that you could tell us? Um, I think probably the strange thing is, I think because now that I'm at this stage where I'm like a researcher almost, uh-huh. that people think that my entire life just is based around academia, that I have mm-hmm. been maybe such a nerd my entire life, just constantly studying. Um, but funnily enough, I actually worked in a fish and chip shop for six years back at home. Right. And... For a while, that was actually one of my career plans, that I wanted to open my own store and make lots of money ripping people off, selling fish and chips. (laughs) Um, So I think that's quite a different aspect of my life because it's sort of, I guess everyone does these menial jobs, but that was such a big part of my life for so long and I actually sort of do miss it now Mm -hmm. um, sometimes. But yeah, that's something that not really too many people know about me. So before we get into today's episode, I have a music event to share with you all. So Riverside's Live Lounge has the best musical talents from Austin University performing in the Riverside Cafe and Bar until the 15th of December with the next performance on Wednesday the 3rd of November. So let's get straight into today's episode. Um, you were saying there you basically started in primary school with your music. Yeah. And then you failed your exam, which for some people would totally put them off. But you kept going. Um, and you said your family didn't play any music. Do you have any siblings that play music? Or? Um, they do now. Um, uh-huh. I have younger siblings that play, but I think that's more my input into them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I my there, I have three sisters. Um, the oldest one doesn't do anything to do with music. She's all about language and maths. Um, the next one, she plays the flute. And the youngest one plays the boron. So we do have quite a few different instruments going on in the house. No one really plays the same thing. So it's a bit of crack at the weekends when I'm home. Do you all play together? Uh, we try to. Now, the my wee sisters are quite young. Like, one's eight and one's six, I think. So oh, okay. we can play together, but it's like twinkle twinkle and bits like that but it's still really fun to see them grow as young musicians i'd say so do they come to you for advice uh, sometimes they come to me wanting notes that are too difficult for them yeah. but yeah i do spend a lot of time with them oh, sort of going lovely. through their stuff um their teachers are great but it's nice to get that little bit of extra help from their big brother mm, i say so they probably look up to you a lot um so when you were choosing your instrument did you was there anything in particular that made you want to choose it fiddle um I don't know like I was trying to think about this last night about maybe why I chose the fiddle over like anything else Mm -hmm. and I honestly have no idea why I chose that instrument it's like it just I got it in my head one day and it just stuck with me and Mm. it's still there it's just sitting in the back room just always sitting there looking at me but I suppose whenever you think of like I suppose earlier at a younger age I wanted to play classical music and that the violin is one of the bigger sort of more common instruments that a lot of people play mm-hmm. and I suppose young people do have a lot of exposure to the violin as an instrument that's taught in schools as opposed to say for example like the cello or something else so I think that's probably why I got the initial idea but then once I did start playing like I tried a few other instruments as well the violin was the one that really just stuck with me mm-hmm. I just stayed with you is there anything you hope to do in the future with your music or are you just um, I suppose at the moment I want to try and finish my grades and get my di- diploma alongside my other studies. Um, at the moment I'm at grade 6, so I've only got to do grade 8 on my diploma and then I'll actually be qualified to teach as well. Mm-hmm. Not that I really want to do that, but I do want to. I do want for music to have a big part to play in my life. Um, like, I do, like I did teach for a while as well, um, just tutoring with local groups, and it was a really rewarding experience watching even during the lockdowns when everything was online Mm -hmm. all of these sort of eight and nine year olds really young musicians really growing as musicians and then being able to see them whenever the restrictions relaxed to being able to all come together having met each other for like two years Mm -hmm. just being able to play together really well when they didn't even have that experience it was really rewarding so I think I would definitely want to do some form of outreach or volunteering throughout my life to sort of instill that love of Irish music that I have with younger people because for a while Irish music was sort of dying out and young people weren't really doing it and we did notice that there has been a recent resurgence in the practices of like going to sessions with kids and stuff like that so it's really really great to see so I think that's what I would want to do not necessarily use it in like a career Mm -hmm. or use it to make money but definitely always have some form of activity uh, to do with my music because if I'm not sharing my skills, my music and my enthusiasm for it with other people, I suppose what's the point, you know? No, it's nice for you to have. I know when I was in school, I I got chose to do the clarinet. Don't ask me why. I didn't even know really what the clarinet was. Brought it home to my mum and I was like, mum, it's going to be like £30 a week. She was like, nope, (laughs) you can't play a note. That is going out. (laughs) It. I think the only time I've ever heard of the clarinet has been, I think, Squidward and Spongebob played it, but that was it. 
don't know why. Everyone else got to do the violin, and I got to do the clarinet, and I'm not a very musical person. Can't sing, can't play instruments, like, and I got to do the clarinet, so didn't understand at all how I got to do that. But when we are talking about music and we're talking about students, vinyl records seem to be a very big thing at the minute. I don't know if it's a trend at all, or it just seems to be if they're coming back. But have you got any vinyls at home? Yeah, I've got a few that were bought for me as gifts. Um, I had a, I, I sort of, I stole a player, like a record player, off my granny. Mm -hmm. um, and then my friends just started buying me vinyls, which, like, I always wanted one that wasn't sort of my granny's, like, John Denver or whatever. So oh, it was, <laughs> it, it's nice to sort of have something that I actually would listen to. But definitely, like, they seem to be such a big thing now. And they definitely are coming back. Like, I suppose even if you go to the shop... Like the likes of like um, bargain stores and stuff, they always have like those little uh, vinyl players that are in like the little cases and stuff. And this sort of art, it's almost like an aesthetic almost mm -hmm. that people seem to do. But they're definitely making a comeback, and people really seem to love them. They definitely do, and I think that even the effort that's been put into vinyls compared to nowadays, where everything's just online, I feel like there's a lot more of a a satisfaction when you're going to get yourself a song and go into the shop. Like I always talked to my parents about that. I was like, when a song came out, did you just all go to the shop and buy it? And they're like, yeah. You went and chose what you wanted it on and then you just brought it home. And I was like, that is so strange. Because for us, we literally one click in the songs that are at our fingertips. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think there's just something really nice about mm -hmm. maybe having to work for the song that you want to listen to. Like, even if you think of, like, putting a vinyl on and you want to listen to track two, you're sort of going and you're trying to just get the needle just right on the correct point. And it's never right, but it's it's really satisfying whenever you actually do get the right song. And also whenever it's like a gift or something like that, it, I think it carries a lot of meaning as well because if someone buys you like even a CD or a vinyl or something, generally it's something that does carry a lot of meaning for you because they are expensive. Like mm -hmm. it's maybe upwards of 20 quid for one record. So with one album, so it, I think it's, it's really important and I think it carries maybe a lot more sentimental value than I don't know a subscription to a streaming website would yeah and especially when it comes to like presents and stuff for people I think a record's kind of a bit more it is more personal as you said and like thinking like 20-30 years time they're going to be like gold dust you won't be able to get your hands on them at all they're going to be so expensive especially all them bands such as like the Beatles and all them big groups you know that now you can barely get your hands on their music never mind 30 years time like yeah, exactly. Like it's, I think going forward, it's it's something that people love retro, mm -hmm. and they love like almost antiques. Yeah. I suppose look at how far technology's come in the last twenty years. How far is it going to go in the next thirty? So, mm -hmm. what are what in thirty years are we going to recognise as an antique or as being super retro? Mm -hmm. And I think the records are going to play a big part in it. Well, I can't see Apple Music and Spotify subscriptions playing a big part. To be fair. I don't think anyone's yeah. going to be one of them in 30 years. I think we'll move past that stage. Um, did you know also University has a record label? No, actually, I yeah. have no idea. Well, um, they have a record label that showcases the music by Ulster University students, staff and alumni at the McGee campus. And they on their Twitter, they do have um, submission windows and they upload like their new releases on there. Um, and it's called Outworker Recordings. So it is. So I didn't know that either until um, our research assistant told us it. So I think that's really interesting itself that they have that. So it there obviously isn't being instilled in young people and it's keeping that kind of like the traditional music, kind of keeping that alive. So it is. Um, when we asked on Instagram if people were uh, 
if they thought vinyl gives a better sound. 50% of people actually said yes, which I find is kind of interesting. That's actually quite shocking. Yeah, because I don't have a vinyl uh, player, so I don't really know what it's like, but do you think yours gives a better sound? Like, I like the sound. I, I wouldn't say it's a better sound. Like, it, I don't think it's as clear, maybe. Mm. But I think it's a better sound in that it's maybe more enjoyable or pleasurable to listen to because mm-hmm. there is the occasional little scratch or whenever it's spinning round or you can almost hear the friction of the needle on the vinyl right. sometimes. So I think it's maybe more enjoyable to listen to. Like I would I would argue that it maybe isn't better quality mu- mm. like music, um, but definitely it's, it's a really nice sort of quality to listen to because it is a little bit different now. All of my vinyls are absolutely scraped and they're constantly <laughs> skipping and playing the same song about six times. Just one little sort of 10 second section is just mm-hmm. on repeat for about five minutes before you eventually get up and go over and change it. Um, but maybe that's just how I care for my equipment. <laughs> do you have to, so you have to lift the needle and you have to like, if you want a different song, do you have to like move the disc around and then sit back down again? Yeah, so like the discs, the disc is always spinning. Right. But then... Yeah, there's like little lines, so there's like slightly darker lines, and they sort of uh, demark it where the next track starts, oh. and you basically just have to lift the needle really gently because you don't want to scrape it, mm-hmm. and then just set it down right at the start of the song or like a little bit before the start of the song because you always want to hear the first couple of bars, yeah. um, so you sort of have to listen to a few seconds of the last song just to make sure that you're getting the full song that you want to listen to. But yeah, it is like it's. It is an art. It takes a lot of practice to get it perfect. Whenever you're setting a needle down, especially without scratching it as well. I say, um, people playing music at events back in the day must have had a a real like sort of knack for that. If they were like changing songs, because that must have been a talent. Like fair play to them, changing songs. Because I would ever not get it on the lines. I would. <laughs> oh yeah, no way. I just think it's crazy. Like whenever you think of like old school like DJs, yeah. sort of. Like doing the scratching thing and yeah. all, like it's, it's such it's such a, an art almost. It must have been. It was, it was difficult enough. I know music does plays an important role when you are like wanting to accomplish different things, whether you're like, trying to study, working out, or whatever it may be. Is there like a do you listen to music when you study or? Uh yeah, all the time. Yeah, I can't listen. I have to have silence, so I don't actually have a song that I, I actually podcast sometimes if I'm doing like some sort of written work, but I can't have music when I'm trying to study. But what sort of music do you listen to? Yeah, it really depends what I'm trying to accomplish. So if I'm just sort of doing like little bits and pieces that don't really need a lot of focus, I'll just put on my like tracks, and mm-hmm. it could be one minute could be classical, mm-hmm. one minute could be Irish, the next minute could be like deep house, it could be anything. Mm-hmm at all and that's pretty good just because it's it's music that I've liked it's music that I enjoy listening to if I need a bit of focus like if I'm reading or doing sort of like academic writing I try to listen to classical music if I'm a little bit stressed I try to keep it slow Mm -hmm. but then if I'm like I really need to get this work done I have procrastinated all day there's about 6,000 cups of coffee in me already I just need to get this done I'll try to put on like really intense classical music or mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of Baroque or something, something that's really loud and is just going to sort of propel me to try and get as many thousand words down as I can <laughs> within the next three hours. 
Oh, that's literally me too. Um, but I find, you know smooth jazz? I love smooth jazz. Everyone says I'm just strange for like a smooth bath, but seeing you're trying to relax, smooth jazz is the one. And my sister's like, it sounds like elevator music, Holly. But I'm like, no, it's so good. I really enjoy smooth jazz, I do. When I'm just trying to relax, like it's the one song, like because it's got no lyrics in it. Yeah. And you're just sitting there. I think it just lets my mind completely shut off. Yeah, I think the lyrics sometimes do sort of ruin your concentration. It's yeah. almost as if you listen to the words rather than the music, uh-huh. which isn't always ideal. Yeah. Especially like smooth jazz as well. I think it's really good for relaxing because it doesn't follow the same sort of strict rhythms that other types of music would. Right. So I think it does sort of help you to relax because it is like, it is a little bit different and you do get like little different notes here and there that wouldn't normally go into a specific line of music. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really good for relaxing actually. I don't really listen to it, but I might start now. Yeah, so then you have a bubble bath and you have smooth jazz on. That is the ultimate key to relax. <laughs> um, I know when I am trying to like get myself up to write an essay, I have to put on some sort of like, you know when you look through your phone you find like someone's like, like working out playlist, I'm going to have to put that on and I have to like get myself geared up and then sit myself in front of the laptop and I'm like, okay, write. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. it. But I suppose writing is a workout so yeah, it's really good, it's just, it's all about speed, like if you listen to faster music or something with a really strong beat, mm-hmm. it is going to propel you, whereas if you're listening to something like really slow, like um... I don't know, some boy with a guitar crying about breaking up with his girlfriend. Like, yeah, it's not going to make you want to do the work. Whereas if you're listening to like Rocky music or something, yeah. it is really going to make you want yeah, to work. You're feeling pumped. <laughs> I know in 1940, it's going back me, but the BBC Radio introduced a music while you work program and they noticed a 12.5 to 15% increase of production when people were listening to this music. Which kind of shows that even from back then, music has been helping us, motivate us and keep us going. And yeah, get us working. It's like, really interesting. Like I always thought that I worked better with music, but I wasn't sure. I didn't realise there was any actual like studies done. Yeah. Well, even if you think about workplaces, like I'm sure when you worked in the chippy, there was always a radio on. Yeah. Like I feel like it just kind of brings the workforce together. Like see when I come down the kitchen and the, um, I work in a hotel, so when I go down to the kitchen, they have the radio on. So then you hear all the good music. Then you go up to the lobby and it's kind of like this like slow, like really like elevator music just on repeat sort of thing. So it's never much of a motivator, but when you go to the kitchen to leave something down, you're like, I'm feeling revived. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Like I always like, once we would have closed, I would have um, just pumped the radio up. Like I was mm-hmm. a supervisor, so I just would have whacked the music right up just to try and get all the kids to like just get the floors mopped and get out because yep. I want to get home. <laughs> but like, I think music in the workplace is brilliant. Like, everywhere I've worked, like, I've worked in a few different places, and everywhere's played music. Like, I worked in a call centre, and we had, like, full-on, like, rave music in the background. Like, it was absolutely brilliant. But then, if you work in a call centre, you know the the hold music is horrible. Mm -hmm. So, if I was going on hold or something, I literally would tuck my headset off and just listen to the rave music, like... So, you can hear that music, too, in a call centre? Oh, we have to listen to it, and we have... We had a lot of like other, like we would call outbound as well a lot. Right. So someone would have complained and it was like, I don't know, like a return or something. The mm-hmm. return team was so, so. So I could have been sitting on hold for like 45 minutes oh, and gosh. I had to listen to that. But that was every day. So it was the same songs all day, every day. And then do you know what happens in November? What? Mariah Carey defrosts. Oh, And yes. then that is just 
on loop for almost two months and it is it's it's a really good song don't get me wrong but so yeah. what you're saying everyone in call centers right now is going to experience Mar- mariah carey defrosting right now yeah i would say maybe by tomorrow <laughs> she'll be out in full so, force i think the word for the experience is um just ringing like hmrc and going through their music because they really do make you wait for like 50 minutes and it is horrible like theirs is just oh they're just so bad they don't even have you know, sometimes a voice comes on but like um you know we're currently experiencing like or like our callers are all working from home it might take longer than usual no they had nothing to break theirs up there was Whoa. really yeah it was painful i mean i've been on the phone with like very and stuff and they've kind of had a wee bit of a break up there or like you know or like saying do you want to rate the service or something and using your keypad which kind of breaks up a wee bit but no your mercy was painful I see that noise me though too whenever it's like actually a good song so mm. we like you'll sit and listen to 10 minutes of hell <laughs> and then like one good song comes on like I can't even remember there was a really good song when I worked there that was on the hold music but it was like it was always that song that they put in the little speech about how busy we were mm-hmm. and I was like and it was back to the, the same song again it was just it was it wasn't pleasant but I still can't believe you just have to listen to it too oh I yeah it was just a customer I thought when you just sort of went like just quiet in your side of things. Oh no, we have to listen to it. But do you know what the worst is? Like, do you know if you're if you're calling them up, like, uh-huh. do you not just put them on loudspeaker and like go and like mop the floors or something? See, I haven't done that. But I watched my mum like she'd be having them on loudspeaker, just leaving the kitchen table, and she'd be putting the spots. Oh yeah. But I can't, but because I'm like, oh my goodness, what if they come on the phone? And I need to be prepared to speak here, so I just yeah. sit beside it, staring at it. Oh yeah, no, I'll like go away. Like I'll be hoovering and everything. Like I will <laughs> go all out and try and get as much out if I have to phone like. Um, like the car insurance people or something oh, yeah. and their music is like it's like really boring classical music like I love classical but not to sit for 45 minutes yeah. and wait <laughs> I'll, I'll like start hoovering mopping I'll go out, out to the garden and do a bit of whatever I need to do out there like I'll do as much as I can and then they'll come and I'll be like about half a mile away and I'll be running I'll be like come on like all out of breath like I'm so sorry can I buy insurance <laughs> I made it um we asked on Instagram as well if people do prefer digital or physical, and there is still sixty percent of people saying digital, which I mean isn't a bad ratio compared to we thought it would have been like ninety percent, but it's still yeah. like nearly half, like fifty fifty there, so that's not bad. But we are talking about recently, you know, last night seeing the return of nightclubs and music, and now we've seen the return like concerts and music festivals this summer. Um, have you been in to any since or? I've never actually been to a music festival before in my life. So that's like one big thing that I really, really want to do Uh because I think it was like, I just never got around to doing it. Mm. And then when the lockdown hit and everyone was saying, oh, it's so devastating, like there's going to be no concerts in Belfast, there's going to be no festivals. And I was sort of thinking like, that's all right, you've been to about six. Like I haven't (laughs) been to any, like I have my whole life to live here. Um, So like... I've never been, but I just think it looks like such an experience. Like, just the vibe, like, the enthusiasm. Like, mm-hmm. it just looks... I, I suppose it's just, like, a nightclub, but, like, huge. But I feel like for you, I have went when I was, like, six, what, 16 or something, and I haven't really been to any since. But I say my experience from when I was 16 to now when I'm 21 will probably be a different take on the music festival because you kind of went then just because everyone else was going to that one. Like, it wasn't always... Like, I went if I liked the person. So if I didn't like the person, I wouldn't have went to see them. But most of the time, it was more of a social aspect to it. So yeah. say now if I went, there's probably more of the... You're going for the music. Like, half the time we missed on artists that came on stage. We're just really gotten now when you think back to it. But um, 
I think now with you go, you'll ex- you'll appreciate the artists a lot more than you would have done like what five six years ago. Yeah, definitely. Like I think the younger ages, it's more about just being like almost seen to be going mm-hmm. and like sort of getting that sort of like social credit almost. Whereas I think for us it is, it's going to be more about the artist, more about the music. Like I'll always say, I won't go to a concert unless I love the musician. Like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not spending over a hundred pounds potentially. Yeah. Just to go and sit a well stand or sit or whatever to listen to someone I don't particularly like. So it's always like, like do I like this person enough to go to a concert? <laughs> yes. Okay, they can get added into the playlist then. Yeah, definitely. I think the one I always like, I really do appreciate going to was a VJ because he was just it was one of the moments and I think you know of all like the warm up acts on first so I think the likes of um wasn't who was on first uh was Anne Marie around at that time you know some of the ones just starting out I think Anne Marie maybe was just starting at that time um there was someone else and I really forget their name now um was it Ella Henderson maybe was on as well? Anyway, there was a few warm-up acts and then he came on and he was just amazing, you know. And, like, thinking back to it now, like, I was so glad I went to that concert because it really was one of the best ones I've went to. I didn't m- go to many of them, you know, but it really has stood out for me. Um, but I think now everyone's going to be... It's kind of... I think it's changed in some ways, the concert atmosphere, but in other ways it really hasn't because now it's kind of like you have to show either you've got your vaccine or a negative test at the gates but I think when you actually get in there yeah like I think okay like the numbers and stuff are limited like I find from like going out and stuff like even you know before the the restrictions were like totally lifted yesterday mm-hmm. it was such a good vibe even though it was different I think it's been that long from everyone mm-hmm. has been in that situation that everyone sort of forgot what it's like and yeah. everyone's like so excited to do all of these things anyway that it doesn't even matter what the restrictions are like. Mm-hmm. As long as you're there, that's the main thing and you're going to make the most of it. But I suppose at the gates, you're normally like ID'd and ticketed anyway. So I suppose it's only one more thing to show. Yeah, it's really, yeah. I suppose when you think of it that way, it's not really made that much difference. And Speaking of artists, is there anyone you'd hope to do a live tour again or anyone that would come back out of the woodwork? Um, no one that isn't touring at the moment. Well, not that... Obviously, at the moment, very few people are touring, but there's no one that sort of has stopped touring. However, this is so embarrassing, but I have always wanted to see Panic! at the Disco live. It's a little bit embarrassing because I feel like I'm a 13-year-old girl by um, wanting to see them <laughs> live, but I don't really care. Like, I just think they're... Like, I've seen videos of their concerts and stuff, and mm-hmm. it just looks absolutely fantastic. I think they will... They're not gone off they're still a thing aren't they yeah oh yeah like they're still a thing they'll just... come back then like give it next year i say they'll be back in belfast yeah there hopefully like they haven't been in belfast in ages um like they don't i don't think they're touring at the moment mm-hmm. but if they are like i would ha- i would happily like if it was in the uk i would fly to go and see them like hands down doesn't matter if the tickets are 500 pounds i will be going that's why the way i feel about acdc and i do think sometimes i feel like a an old man like but <laughs> i would be there i don't care if i i said if i even have to pay up to a thousand pound for a ticket i would go see them because i just think it'd be like one of them experiences that you just could not miss i'm potentially because one of them like they're at the age of, they're dying like blunt, yeah. to put it bluntly they are they've got older now and you know, we've already lost one of the band members, so I think it would be 
you either take it or you don't. I think it'll be one of them things. But I don't think they're going to tour again, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, which I suppose like kind of why tribute bands are now kind of you know it's their time to shine. <laughs> for all them other bands would you go see a tribute band or would you be like yeah like I do love a good tribute band like I suppose if I was given the choice between mm-hmm. the actual band who sort of first performed the music versus a tribute band you would I would always sort of almost always go with the original but then I suppose if you think about the tribute band they, they might actually be better singers mm-hmm. or like live they could be better singers or better players or they could just do a different performance mm-hmm. of the same music, which could be really good. But I, I would have no reservations going to see a tribute band either, especially as you said, like SEDC, it's you're probably not going to get the chance, mm-hmm. but you still want to enjoy that music in that atmosphere. Like I would say, especially their music would be phenomenal at like a festival or a concert. Mm-hmm. So if it did come to a tribute band, I think you would have to go anyway. I know, and I think, as you say, I say the tribute band will probably sing some of the ACDC songs probably better because you know they're kind of more ACDC no longer in their prime, so they're kind of I think they would have um, it would be probably be better, but then at the same time it kind of like that that it's not ACDC. So for me, I've never seen a tribute band, so I don't know. It's like why not just the real thing? But then if you're not going to see the real thing, it's like mm. I suppose it's like um, if you go to the shop and something that you want's not there you sort of yeah. have to go for the own brand version but yeah. it's like it's not as good but it'll do you know it's yeah it's still you know it's something ticked off my pocket list you know yeah um, um we asked on instagram what bands or musicians people would like to see have a comeback we've quite a few um interesting well actually i kind of predicted these ones you know we've got the beatles um someone said one direction and i'm pretty sure one direction they're all split up i i don't see them making a return though I say when they're probably about 30 or 40, they'll be coming back. What age are they now? Late 20s? 30, maybe. Maybe I don't they know. are. Maybe when they're 40, I say they'll come back. Yeah, I'd say they will. It's like, it's 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 a good bit of money when you make a comeback. Yeah. So. Is it not like Westlife and all, then like Boys and all? They've all came back. Oh, yeah. So I think One Direction's going to come back. And someone else said Queen. Um. So for this week's submissions, we asked if... um. What song has stayed with you from your childhood? Um, have you got a few answers there? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, I know for me, I don't actually have a song from my childhood. Mm. But suppose there's always songs that bring back memories. Mm-hmm. And um, Love Love Don't Let Me Go um, by David Guetta always just brings back memories of me starting first year at Coleraine. I don't know why. It's like I'm one of these people like listens to songs on loop. If I find a song I like, oh. it's on loop for like... A solid month, like it's, oh, yeah. it's embarrassing. And I just mind, like when I started uni, it was that's all I listened to for the whole month of August in 2018. Right. Um. So every time that song mm. comes on, it just like I almost have like a visual flashback to like driving into Port Stewart for the first time, which is quite strange. But like that's definitely the one song that's really yeah, come with me back. from when I was younger. But like I've heard some pretty good ones. Um, I was just chatting to people all o- over the weekend, uh-huh. and I was talking to my cousin, and it was the best one. She said. The one that reminds her of her childhood was Wagon Wheel. Um, is it Nathan Carter? Yeah, or Derek like, Ryan yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. And she said she hates the song, which I love the song, but she hates it. And the only reason it reminds her of her childhood is because that's all her grand ever played in the car. Oh, fair play. And it's a strange one. And then like, I've heard other ones, like just Summer of 69, for like absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I've heard other people... Um, 
Another one was, um, oh, what do you call it? The Boys Are Back in Town. Oh, yeah. It was someone's dad's ringtone. So that's just... It's just dead. It's just dead. But every time the phone rings, the boys are back in town. Um, like, I think those are probably the best ones I've heard. And everyone else has just got, like, songs that are maybe, like, mean something. Mm-hmm. Or they've heard at a birthday party. Like, I know a couple of friends um, that I went to primary school with. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at a birthday party when we were about six. And we were running around the soft play area. And um, So What by Pink had just come out. So it was on loop in that PlayStation. Oh goodness, yes. And every time I hear that song, it casts about half the class's memories back to that one day, just us all running around to this absolute masterpiece of music. I sang them songs with so much attitude. Anything Pink released, I really did feel it. And I was only about, you know, eight, six at the time. And yeah, I sang them with soul, so I did. <laughs> I got a few. There was, um, well, I suppose we got Poker Face by Lady Gaga, which is kind of like... One of the ones that stands out, party rock anthem we got. And I feel like one. that one. What was there? What was the other one they sang? Party rock. Bam was called the LMFAO, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't think of the other song. I can't even remember what it goes. Like all I can think of is. There, every day I'm shut. Oh, that was it. Yeah, is but that, that was was that party rock as well. Maybe that is part of party rock. I think because uh, the song was on for about yeah, seven or eight minutes. Yeah, it does. It really does. You could do your garden in that time. Oh yeah, definitely. Like <laughs> the grass is mowing and everything. <laughs> we also have um, California Girls by Katy Perry and Call Me Maybe, which I think Call Me Maybe has actually did it for me because it was a song that I we were on our 2000, it was like 2011, 2012, we were on our primary school P7 trip to France and Call Me Maybe was on and so was that one by that other band. But Call Me Maybe was like the big song. And when you get to all the restaurants in Disneyland and stuff, they had them big screens. And it was just her music video on repeat. And I, it's just stuck in my head. But even talking about like what your parents or your grandparents listen to, my granddad always listened to Jim Reeves. So his music was just on repeat in his car. And there's only one song me and my sister liked, and it was Bimbo. And it went like, Bimbo, Bimbo. And it just had a beat to it. So we were like, this is a vibe. This is our song. So yeah. we just asked him to repeat it over and over again. But it's just stayed with me for so many years. And it's one of those songs you never hear again. But, like, when you're doing something like, you know, washing the dishes, it just comes in your head. I'm like, oh, what shit. I forgot about that. You know what I mean? It's the weird moments that just comes back into your head. Yeah, it's like, I suppose it's like, do you know all those, like, like hymns you used to sing in, like, primary school? Mm-hmm. Like, the oil yes. in the lamp and all that. Like, I could get oil in my lamp, keep me burning, just someday, just doing the dishes. <laughs> and, like, that song will be in my head for about three days. And I cannot get it out. Like, there's... No way that that song's ever leaving again. Yeah. No, like, I relate to that. It's like, um, what was the one? Our God is a great big God. And oh, you had and all the actions. the actions to it. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes that comes over me. <laughs> and you, you, like, you could be stamping like, at a bus stop and you're doing the actions yeah. as well. I wonder if um, primary school still listen to that. Like, still listen to them songs or they've changed them now and they've brought new ones in. Or them still originals are there. Hopefully not. Because I feel like that is the biggest part of primary school yeah. is like... Just singing all those wee songs and doing like the clap, clap, claps and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, you're on assembly and then you were like, the big piece of at the back and you're like, we've been doing this for like seven years, we know the drill. <laughs> yeah, we know the crack and we get to stand on the benches as well oh, because yes. we're P7. Yes, we tore over you all. So that is all from us this week. Thanks so much for joining me, Or It's no bother, really enjoyed it. So stay tuned for next week's episode on food and make sure to get involved with the student show on Instagram. But in the meantime, take care. Bye. Bye.